0: with some of the best athletes from around the world. We're going to get started by talking with some of them right now. When we're talking about the NWA, we're really talking about tradition, legacy, and all the things that come with that. And I think one of the biggest parts of tradition is making sure that you have those people that were there from the very beginning and there that have stuck through it. And one of those people is the whole reason that I'm in this business right now would be David Marquez, who's been part of the National Wrestling Alliance for decades now. David, come on out here. I would like you to say a few words. you will be joining us on our broadcast, doing some of the interviews. David. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Atlanta's
1: very special to the National Wrestling Alliance for uh, decades, really going back to the beginning of the organization. I joined the NWA in the mid-90s, brought in by a man who put Atlanta Wrestling on the map, Gordon Soley. Uh, By chance, I fell into broadcasting on camera that way. more of a production person behind the scenes for many years, but uh, being a promoter, I went to war for this company. I lost, uh, but luckily we're back and all together. Um, I can't tell you how proud I am to work with everybody here and continue the history and tradition and respect and legacy of the National Wrestling Alliance, Uh, not just with David Ladana, who's a very good friend of mine, uh, William Corgan and the rest of the crew. So I hope you all enjoy what we have planned. Um, The uh, Georgia Public uh, Television Facility is beyond beautiful. Uh, I produce a show called Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Championship Wrestling from Arizona. We have our own production resources. But the magic that I felt yesterday within that studio was just uh, uh, it blew me away. So I hope that does the same for you and everybody watching and eventually being able to see this uh, wherever it may play. So thank you guys for coming out. We appreciate the support and uh, we're gonna have fun over the next two days. If you have any questions, we'll all be available later. But thank you for coming out. Good morning.
0: You know, I think it's really fitting that we actually have this press conference in a hard rock cafe uh, because I, as all of you have probably followed the 10 pounds of gold, uh, William Patrick Corrigan's made it very clear that what we're making is a lot more like rock and roll. And uh, with rock and roll comes rock stars and the first rock star to come out of the 10 pounds of gold was the champion at the time, the man who was challenging Nick Aldis for the 10 pounds of gold. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Storm.
2: Good morning. Thank you guys for, uh, for being here. Uh, this is a big time for me personally. I grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and wrestling for me was defined at 6.05 on Saturdays, um, the NWA from Atlanta, Georgia. And I knew that at any time that I watched that, that I was going to see the best of professional wrestling. And that's where we're at now. Um, It's a time of excitement and a time of opportunity for me. I held the NWA World's Heavyweight title for over 400 days and I did that with pride. And I tried to do that with style, and I try to do it with class, and I think I, I think I accomplished that. And Nick Aldis beat me. And the truth to that is no excuses—he beat me. I believe that Nick Aldis is the best champion in professional wrestling today. And I guess the next question then is, if the two, if, they, if that is true, how do I think I can beat him? Well, two things. Number one, I already have as world champion, I beat Nick. Number two, one of the things I think we have to be careful of in life is uh, giving people fuel. Nick came and offered me an opportunity, and the opportunity was you get one shot. If you accept it and you beat me, you climb back on the mountaintop again. You become the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, the most prestigious title in the history of our sport. But if you lose, you never get an opportunity again. And that's like taking somebody that you love and holding them for ransom, because that gives you a lot of passion and a lot of fire. And he he motivated me. So the answer is, how do I beat Nick Aldis? Uh, And the truth is, I can't afford to lose. Thank you guys.
0: course his challenger, a match that we've all been waiting for, this build-up has lasted two years, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, with Camille.
3: Good morning. I don't know what I'm supposed to uh, do here other than just thank you all for coming and talk about how excited I am to be a part of these historic television tapings in Atlanta. Obviously, uh, many of you know the historic significance of what we're doing, but uh, you know, as the world champion, I get to speak somewhat for the brand and for everyone, but um, I'm just gonna speak for me and say that I didn't ever think that I would be in a position to be at the forefront of the return of something so significant and for it to be done in such a poignant and in many ways beautiful fashion. So um, for me, this is almost surreal because I didn't ever consider this as an option. You know, like many people, we saw the NWA almost as a a brand that had a, a past and a history, but not a current situation. Hey, come over here, talk to the people. Um, As you can all see, my son's with me, and that in itself is somewhat symbolic because to many fans, the NWA represents a part of their childhood. You know, I've been coast to coast and across four different continents as the Defending world champion, and I get so many fans, particularly in this part of the country, who tell me stories about how their fondest childhood memories were sitting on their father's lap, or their grandfather, or their uncle, or their you know, and they're watching Georgia Championship Wrestling, or they're watching Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling, they're watching Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes the four horsemen, and and the list goes on, and so for us, I'm fortunate to be able to have my son with me because he can now have his own memories, and I hope that we can help create some memories for the next generation of people, so maybe 20, 30 years from now, his generation will get to tell someone, I sat down with my dad and watched the NWA studio wrestling from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you very much. future world champion right
0: there, for sure. The NWA has built a legacy, not only with the 10 pounds of gold, but also with amazing tag team competition. So that's why we're going to bring out the tag team champions right now, Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs, the NWA world's tag team champions.
2: How you feeling, Tommy? Pretty good, tag team champs in the house. The wild cards. See, this is what it's all about to me. There's, there's a legacy here. There's teams like the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express. Well, me and Tommy, we're trying to build our legacy. And that starts with these belts right here. We're very, very proud to be
4: part of the NWA. Proud to be your World Tag Team Champions. And the one thing that you can guarantee over the next few days is some asters will be kicked by me and my boy here. Enough said. Wild God.
0: Coming up next is a man that I've uh, been able to have the privilege of following his career for a number of years uh, from when it started uh, in Hollywood, a championship wrestling from Hollywood during the NWA days when I was in the stands before Dave Marquez gave me my shot uh, at the mic there. So I'm very excited. This is the one, the only, Eli
4: Drake. He said it, you heard it. For those of you that don't know, it's about time you do. My name is Eli Drake. Here we are, the NWA. You're talking about history being made right now, today. Right down the street, we're going down there to the GPB Studios. And we're going to bring a little taste of the past with a little flavor of the future for you. But as I stand here, I look back at the road that I've traveled, and I look forward to the road that I'm going to travel down, and I think, man... There's a lot of real estate to cover. There's a lot of road to cover. Because you got men over here holding titles. I ain't holding a title. But when I think about it, the question's always in my head. Who's the champ? And you know what I wanna hear? I wanna hear that one answer. I wanna hear E. Lie Drake, and I'll put it to you like this, one way or another, whether it's that title, American title, whether it's any title on this earth, you can bet your absolute 100% bottom dollar you will see me wearing gold. Why? Because I am gold. That's exactly what this is, so I'll tell you right now. Witnessing history, I'm gonna make history, I'm gonna make trends, we're all gonna be doing it, and you're coming along with us. So I'll tell you like this, put your seat belts on, get ready for it, because it's coming. That's not an insult, that is just a fact of life, yeah.
0: Uh, A few more champions to bring up that I'm sure you're all excited to hear from. Here's one that I think is uh, personally a little upset that the bar's not open yet, but here it is Cowboy James Storm, the NWA National Champion. You expect me to talk to these people or something? You could. About what? You mean the National Champion? How excited you are for these two nights
2: back. Yeah, can't you see how excited I am to be the National Champion? What? Are you guys drunk or something? Jesus Christ. You know, uh, it is actually a good day for uh, the NWA, and uh, I'm very excited to see where uh, this promotion can come and go. But as far as the people that run it behind the scenes, I really don't give a damn about them. Uh, they can all rot in hell and die with Garry as far as up here. But uh, this right here is is—it's uh, going to be very hard to take from me, and uh, I uh, welcome any challenger who does because I just like knocking people's ass out. Thank you. Oh look, another storm. You better sit over here or we may have a hurricane. Did it. All right,
0: folks we got one more champion in line for you right now. AK-47, Allison Cade, the NWA World's women's champion.
4: Hello everyone.
0: How are you doing? The thing about this green room back here, we can't hear anything that's going on. I don't want to come up here and ramble just to hear myself talk, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I have a lot to say tonight and tomorrow. So, uh, there is not a man, woman, or non-binary on the face of this earth that can take this championship for me. I am here to hurt people, and that's what I'm going to do. Now, I know a lot of you are here, have a lot of questions, specifically something that we've seen a lot on social media. Where are we going to be able to see the show? When are we going to know the name of the show? When are we going to be able to see the show? And to answer those questions for you right now is William Patrick Corbett. Welcome everyone. How are
5: you? We're great. We're good. We're good. So, very excited to be in Atlanta. I have a lot of history here. I recorded the Siamese Dream album here in 1992 and 1993. So whenever I come here, I think of the good times. And uh, so excited to be in Georgia, to start this new era of the NWA, NWA back on television, which of course in 2019 means a lot of things. And we're very excited because we're gonna make the show available to everyone for free, so the whole world can watch it. It'll be available Tuesdays at 6.05 in honor of the 6.05 live show. So very excited about that. Also like to present our new Belt, the women's champion, our great champion, Allison Kay. I was going to put the belt over. <laughs> uh, and you. Uh, we went back to a, more of an old school design for the women's belt to, um, to really honor the great tradition of the NWA. Um, starting, of course, with Lula and Mildred Burke. Um, I think they would be very proud of the fact that women's wrestling has come so far in the 21st century, and so we're really um, honored to honor them with bringing back an old school design with the belt. Um, Does Anyone have any questions?
0: Why studio wrestling
3: now? Why do you think it's relevant again?
5: I think that um, one thing that, uh, is lost on on the average fan, is that wrestling's position with television has always been strong because it's a cheap uh, form of entertainment to produce, and the fans are very, very loyal. And I think studio wrestling will be very pertinent going forward because it'll allow us to pivot very quickly into a 21st century mind frame as far as content, as far as how we get things across. I think it'll adapt very well to meme culture. we want to create moments, and I think for us particularly, this is the perfect situation with uh, the advantages here in Georgia, um, of course, being able to hear it in terms of talent, um, the great history. Um, we're literally right next door to the, to the, to the CNN uh, campus where uh, a lot of the wrestling that we grew up influenced by or the NWA is still modeled after, of course, was literally hopping a block away from where we'll be filming. So historically uh, and energetically, we feel this is the right thing. I'd also, like to introduce the. Uh, should we show off the graphic too? Oh, we'll, we'll send okay, that. we should I send out the graphic? So the name of the show is Power. <laughs> it's our running. It's our running uh, kind of wing. It's a P-O-W-E-R-R-R. It's a power. Can you say it? Power. There you go. <laughs> well, you, you, it'll be you on the on the <laughs> promo. So, um, any other questions? Anybody? Is there
3: a, obviously you want to grow the audience, mm-hmm. but is there a specific metric you're looking for how are you measuring success with this or that yeah that's a very interesting question
5: because i've had um i've had those same conversations with the people in wrestling as far as uh, uh, network television they of course want to understand our economics and they're used to the traditional economics which is if you're not making money you're not advancing and i would point very quickly to the ufc model ufc when it was a distressed brand was offered around from anywhere from one to two million dollars Uh, Obviously, the Fortidas bought it for roughly around two million dollars. They ran at a loss for a very long time, and they sold the company for four point one two three billion, something like that. So, I think in this culture, people are starting to really understand the difference between uh, Amazon's another example where you can run at a loss, but by growing the brand and by growing the the global appeal of a brand, um, the value is in the brand. And. When I purchased the NWA, the first question people asked is, what are you really purchasing? You know, you're basically purchasing three letters. Isn't that the rap group, ha, ha, ha? Um, We, of course, have been astounded by the amount of love that people have for the NWA. Of course, we thought we knew, but we've been astounded by what exists. So by showing some love, by showing some respect, now you see the value of the brand starting to kick in. And I think we'll really see it now by bringing out kind of an old school fan that still is, it's not attracted to some of the current wrestling product, which is fine. It's a competitive marketplace. But secondarily, I think we'll be able to run at a, at a faster pace in this in this market. So um, I own 100% of the NWA, and, and the idea is I'm going to do it the way I want to. And just like I did with my van, I'm going to prove that we have a place in the marketplace that is really unique. Um, we don't have to adhere to the to the, um, to the same mores and economic codes of the past and that in many ways is why wrestling has not progressed as a creative um uh, as a creative endeavor and i think that's obviously one of the arguments that AEW is making is that there is there is room for innovation i'm all for that and i think we're we're to prove that we're going to be able to innovate in our own way so um and that also goes into the into the into the mindset of why we're going to make the product available for free until we find a really robust uh, network uh, partner to present NWA television. We're just going to run it the way we want to run it, how we're going to run it, put it out the way we want to put it out. Our talent is obviously very involved with what we're doing. Um, We want to run a very talent uh, positive uh, company as far as creativity. The wrestling I grew up, most of the stuff I enjoyed was the fact that the guys were just given a lane and said do your thing. And uh, and I, I want that kind of robust character returning back to television as it pertains to wrestling. And I think uh, I'll, I'll venture to say that I think our influence will be felt very quickly when you start seeing people imitate what we're about to do. So, anybody else? Yes, sir. The next two nights were no doubt like milestone type of nights in a way for the NWA. So what do you want fans to take
3: away after tomorrow night once they've seen everything that you guys are trying to do? What's that message?
5: Yeah, I think um, one thing I would point to in having worked for TNA, and this was a common complaint that I voiced uh, within, the, within the halls of TNA, was by trying to imitate uh, the industry standard, which obviously WWE is the industry standard, I think you're, you're always making the biggest mistake in the world because you're never going to do it better than they, they will. So I, I believe it's really about innovation. Now on the surface, uh, returning to a studio show format does not particularly seem like innovation, but we'll innovate in the form, and I think that's where we start to make it. I, I, I would, I would, uh, sometimes David uses the word lab, which is a little bit clinical way to put it. I, I, I call it the hot house effect. I think you want to take very talented people, I think you want to put them in a pressure packed situation, and basically turn the cameras on and crank and just let things happen. But not in the traditional thing of going out in the ring and cutting a 20 minute promo and set up the show. And I I think you wanna create a different sort of atmosphere so that fans watching feel like they're actually watching something happening that they haven't seen before. And I think if you can innovate in the space, and again, I've been able to innovate in the space as far as music where I was told over and over again, you can't innovate in the space. If you prove you can innovate in the space, people will follow you and you'll find a fan base and then then you can pivot. Anybody else? Yes sir, yeah, of course, yeah. I don't wanna, I didn't
3: wanna be this guy, but I no, have I to ask this, this question. No, be that guy, Yeah, all right, so i be this guy. I have a lot of people that'll think I'm a dummy if I don't ask you this. Yeah. So you're talking about distributing the show the way you
5: wanna do it, yeah. you wanna do it, how you wanna do it. Can you be any more specific on that at this time? Like what that Yeah, uh, this, the show will be available on uh, on Tuesdays at 6.05 and uh, are we Eastern then? Eastern time. Eastern time. Uh, Facebook and uh, sorry, YouTube. YouTube, sorry. It's okay, a little early for me. Uh, no, restrictions. no restrictions. So the whole world market will, will have the product available. I mean, and then we'll I also have, have it on the Byte Network as well. I'm no, sorry? I said, I know you've had that question like repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, really I mean, cool. look, it, at some point, you know, we can't run this way forever. We, we're here to, to prove our, our, our position in the world. And hopefully at some point somebody will step into the breach and want to do business the way we want to do business. I think that gets lost on some people. They think the fact that we haven't made a major move indicates some sort of weakness. It's actually the opposite. It shows our strength because we're not willing to make any bad deals. And, uh, and I think that surprises. I've had a lot of meetings over the last few years. And even going back to when I was having meetings involving TNA, I think it surprises people when you don't come in with the traditional playbook and ask for the traditional things. I think that makes them sit up and pay a different type of attention. So that deal will come, and when it comes, I think we'll be ready because we'll already be up and running. It's it's a lot harder to prove a concept when you go into a meeting and say, you know, here's what we're going to do on paper. Blah blah blah. I think the fact that we're going to go out and prove it starting tonight, I think we'll make a big difference. So, yes sir.
0: Uh, Jason from alliance-wrestling.com. Hey, um, exclusivity exclusivity with talent. Uh, in the past, we know that the NWA champions have worked tried and true pro wrestling championship wrestling from Hollywood and various sure. other entities. Will those champions still be allowed to work in these other promotions? And does the NWA still plan to work
5: uh, on a basis? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we consider ourselves a free agent on the market. I mean, we're available to work with anybody from AEW to Tribe and True to Championship Wrestling Hollywood to Ring of Honor. Those relationships continue to be strong. The only prohibition is is Impact. We won't do any business with it. But, um, uh, and obviously, of course, we'll do business with WWE. So, you know, we're, we, it, we feel we're more like a, an early UFC or, or or Bellator. We feel like we're in the market and we can we can do whatever we want to do. And uh, you know you, you know you have you have the champions right here. I mean, if somebody calls tomorrow and wants them on to appear on television, we're you know, think back to when uh, ECW guys would appear on on Raw. You know, I think fans really are thrilled by the opportunity that the world isn't so. Cookie cutter and so predictable that you kind of, you know, you can almost kind of predict what's going to happen. I think people really want innovation in the space. I think this uh, the social media era or whatever this you want to call the tech the tech era is proving that it's really about creating moments, and that that's totally why the NWA was created. The, The original alliance came together because they, the independent promoters realized that by banding together they could create things. So I think our relationships with Ring of Honor, which of course extends into New Japan. We have good relationships with AAA. Um, I mean, we can do anything with anybody at any time. And I think I think we have done really well where, we've, um, where we have worked with people, but I think now that we'll be out proving our own thing, I think we'll have even more uh, power and staying power in the marketplace. It isn't just about the history of the NWA, it'll be about the current history of the NWA. So. Yes, sir? Do you ever see
3: any community outreach element to what you do so say there's about five or six wrestling schools in atlanta like, yeah you one full power factory He works with a lot of disadvantaged kids and stuff mm-hmm. you know and there's also soccer in the streets in the atlanta which uses sports to help sure children and stuff do you ever see like having a relationship with the wrestling school in the yeah I, I think
5: i think um the altruistic part of, of, of what what i do in the entertainment business uh, always extends i think it's difficult when you don't have your feet under you though to start doing that yeah. because what ends up happening is um particularly, you know, I've done stuff with Make-A-Wish, like if you don't really have your stuff together, they don't get the experience that they deserve. So um, I hope we're here in Atlanta for years to come. We're really excited. The Georgia uh, Public Broadcasting people have been fantastic. The studio looks great when you you see it live. And um, I hope this becomes sort of like, you know, the the actual wrestling home for us. And if it does, I I can see us doing a lot of things in the community. Uh, Wrestling's tradition with getting the community involved Um, uh, bringing in people from every walk of life I think that's one of the great things that's one of the great legacies of wrestling is is how it's inclusivity and um, yeah I would love to be involved in that.
0: so So, uh, in previous shows we've seen the NWA in Nashville we've seen the NWA in Charlotte you just said that the Atlanta is going to be the home for NWA television do you still continue to plan to run in different markets with the Crockett Cup or other specialty shows?
5: yeah Um, we feel we can run quite readily in um, traditional NWA markets. Um, where we run, we've drawn, so it's the power of the brand. I think the difficulty is when you do something like that and then you don't have anything to back it up with. It's just a show and then there's not something to follow. I think the TV now will set a pace and agenda, particularly for talent, um, because um, you know you have to book everybody out. We all have to ride, <laughs> including me, we all have to ride at the same destination at the same moment. So. Um, yeah, we don't feel that lo- running live is essential to our business model, because in terms of brand building, what you want to do is really want people to know about the brand. But certainly we would like to get some revenue and we'd like to build fan bases, uh, particularly here in Atlanta and, you know, when you go into the Carolinas and stuff like that, those people are all still there. When we ran uh, Nashville, um, you know, I think we did the biggest gate in the history of that building, what used to be the TNA asylum. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there to be had. But as I've always said, and I've said it to all the people that I've had meetings with through the years, it's like, we have to build the infrastructure. We're not, we just don't wanna be a fly-by-night operation. We wanna, we wanna last. And so brick by brick and piece by piece we're here. And so this is a huge moment for us because it's taken us two years, because we could have done this two years ago, uh, but we wouldn't, have the, we wouldn't have the sort of gravitas in the market that we do now. People actually believe us, where in the beginning they just thought, I'm just coming in to blow some money and it's almost like a weird vanity project or something which could not be, Further from the truth. Like a like perfect example is I'm I'm not I'm not scheduled to appear on any of the shows uh, over the next two nights. I don't I don't I think it's for the stars I mean, you know, that's a perfect example. It's not really not about so, We have one
0: more before we break up. Oh
3: you really,
5: really, really are a newsman. <laughs>
3: yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, um, so we've seen a few exclusive talent signings and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but uh, I know obviously we've some announcements for other folks coming into the shows this week. Mm. Um, do you see yourself more dealing with a rotating cast, or, or do you see yourself with more exclusive signings to the logistically? Yeah, we view ourselves
5: it? as a more like an old school territory, where you would have a key talent um, under contract, and then you're willing to work with whoever's on the open market if it works for them and it works for you. So, I think that's the way we'll keep the shows fresh. Um, but certainly, the, uh, the talent. And they're obviously on the stage. We want to be with in business with them for a long time. So that becomes part of the, the way we plan things out. Um, I think of it like a, like a, a modern baseball roster. You have to have the stars that are identified with your with your team. And as long as the fans feel they have an investment in those people and, and there's a return on investment in terms of their attention and their love, then it's really worth making the investment all the way around. Um, I think, and I, and I don't mean this as some sort of... Um, Throwing shade, but I, I I don't like how in the in the indie market you'll see a talent on television and then you'll see them here and you'll see them there. I think it's ultimately it ultimately takes away from the talent and it actually hurts the overall uh, independent wrestling market. I know there would be would disagree with that, but I think ultimately talents are best served when they're identified with a particular company for a, a, a period of time where the fans and the talent can kind of uh, find something that only can happen. And I think when you see uh, someone on television, and then you see them here, and you see them there, I think it, it ultimately weakens the statement that they're trying to make through the through the main uh, broadcast providers. Okay, thanks for coming.
0: Okay. We gather up for a group photo right there. I, I'd like to thank Kyle Davis for setting things up here at the Hard Rock Cafe. He's also a member of our broadcast team, as you've been following on social media. You know that, and uh, I do have the privilege of giving you some breaking news right now. Uh, according to Dave Lagana, has just told me it okay to announce that we will be having another pay-per-view show on December 14th. So stay tuned for all the information about that. Live. It's gonna be right here in Atlanta, live on Fight TV. So, very exciting time. Let's get everybody up here. We can get a nice group photo for everybody.
5: All right. There we go. Cool. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Dave, anything else? That's it. Tremendous. Thank you for joining us today, ladies. and Is there anybody you, is each individually want to get questions with? Obviously, Billy's answering. I'm here if anybody wants to ask